Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, baby! Welcome, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between. This is, and the podcast will rock. This is the Van Halen Tribute Podcast. That's right. This is the show where we go in and dis- uh, we discuss the tracks and the music and everything we can think of involving Van Halen, one of the greatest rock bands in the world. I am one of your hosts, Mark Kamire. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. How are you doing, Corey? I'm doing great. We got the, the first one under our belts. Uh, the first one uh, was not random. We did the first cut from the first album, Running With The Devil, and had a great time doing it. And now, uh, for the first time, we're breaking out the wheel, and we're going to do this at random. So I am really, really curious to see what we get right off the hop here. Oh, right back at you. I, this is, uh, and just in case you guys didn't tune in for the first episode, which you absolutely should, because in that episode, as Corey pointed out, we uh, we did not do a random song. No, we did Running With The Devil by Van Halen, they, the opening track, if you will, the introduction of the band. If you had never heard them before on the radio, if you had never heard anything, you simply picked up the record and put on the needle and hit play. Uh, this is the song you were greeted with. We discussed that because it just seemed fitting, but the way this show is going to work, we have a giant wheel, a giant wheel with all of the tracks, minus a few instrumentals, I believe, uh the instrumental tracks uh but we have all the tracks by van halen and we are going to spin the wheel random and whatever random song uh appears when the wheel is done spinning we are going to listen to we are going to discuss it and let me be uh uh let me just point out that we have no idea what song is going to hit at a given time and a lot of these songs especially in toward the later years i myself I'm I'm very less familiar with. Uh, I think Corey is in the same boat. Corey might have a, a better uh, perspective than I do, but if I'm not mistaken, I think um, the the later Van Halen years are a bit lost on us, or at least under the radar. Am I right? 
Oh, totally. I, I think I heard the Gary Sharon album once uh, when it first came out, and that was about it. Uh, same with a different kind of truth. I've only listened to it a couple of times. Uh, so I'm really kind of looking forward to, to getting some tracks from them just because I don't know them so well. Uh, I'm kind of tossed uh, what I'm kind of hoping for if I want a Sammy or a Dave right off the bat. I think because we did a Dave song last week, I'm really kind of hoping for a great Sammy tune this week. I kind of agree. It it uh, it seems it seems uh, uh, fitting that we would get a Sammy tune uh, this time around, but we might not. It, it's like I said, it just it's a spin of the wheel. Um, right off the bat, let me just apologize if if my quality is not as clear uh, as Corey's is. Everybody, I'm speaking to you on not my usual mic setup, so please forgive me. But uh, we'll, we make do, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of moving to a new location and things just happen. Uh, so now that we've got that out of the way and my, my uh, uh, insecurities are just out there, it's fine. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, too, just like you, Corey, am hoping for a Sammy tune, but there are a lot of Roth tunes to go around. And, uh, and I have never heard any of the Gary albums. So we, <laughs> this could be anybody's game. Uh, we, we might end up hating whatever we talk about, but uh, without further ado, Corey, if you would, please spin the wheel of rock for us. All right. I'm going to give it a few shuffles here, just so you know, there's not any funny business. And we're priming it. Yep. And take it away, Sammy. Here we go. Right, the wheel is spinning. Oh, oh, we're going to get on fire. On fire. The song Do you know on this one? Fire. No, I do not. Um, this is, uh, and just to be clear, as much as I love Van Halen, even the, uh, the Roth and the Hagar eras, there are tracks that I am still unfamiliar with. Um, just whether it's because whatever album these songs come from i might have only jammed the hits at the time or i just forgot so well, on fire one, is actually yeah it's actually on van halen one it's the final track on the yeah, debut yeah. album so uh right off the hop we're getting two uh tracks from the debut album um a, a very heavy song i'm just uh, i'm referencing uh the van halen news desk uh, they're a tremendous uh, source for van halen uh in information uh you know we'll get all our lyrics from them uh, the song was used to open the show on the 1978 World Tour. So uh, uh, On Fire is, is, a, is a track that uh, uh, familiar to a lot of people. And I just listened to Van Halen one not that long ago. So it's still fresh in my mind, too. Uh, uh, and oh. you, have you heard this one uh, lately, Mark? Not lately. No, no. Like I said, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. So I guess this is one of those ones that I was telling you about uh, that I have forgotten. When, uh, when the unfortunate news of eddie van halen's passing occurred i remember going on this huge binge of just listening to van halen for like all like a day and a half straight uh and i just sort of i, I got on a spotify and i just hit shuffle and it was like just just take me away just let me listen to whatever songs you got i don't even care um i don't believe if if this track did come up i just i guess it just kind of passed passed me by i I'll be curious to know if it uh, jogs my memory when we start to listen to it. Yes, uh, obviously the band thought very highly of it as it closed out the album and opened uh, their tour. Um, so I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to this one. Uh, 
I, I love Van Halen news decks. They give you little tidbits, even to what uh, guitar Eddie played on the tracks. And it says here that Eddie used his Ivan is destroyer shark nice. uh, on this track. So and on earlier studio outtakes, Mike and Dave sang the verse in unison. I, uh, I, I'm an Ibanez player. I was for many oh. years, so I, I am familiar with the, uh, the destroyer model. So, uh, that's very cool information to know. Excellent. Well, what do you say, Mark? Should we just get right into it and uh, play the song? Let's get into it because I'm expecting a fire track with this one. Oh, I see what you did there. Good uh -huh. job. Uh, yeah. I, I know it's a, it's a heavier track, so I, I hope you're in the mood for some metal today, Mark. Always. All right, let's give it a listen. Well, right away, uh, they are, Eddie is hitting you with just straight up a power chord progression. Uh, he's, he's not giving you a little bit of a, um, no ornamentation, no, uh, no scale variation. He's just, just straight up, just, wah, wah, just power scales, all, uh, or uh, power chords rather. I apologize. Um, with, uh, with a heavy inflection on the, on the, uh, bass note. So that's, that's, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, uh, when when you say this is a heavier one, it's like, well, by by Van Halen standards, yes, yes, this is a heavier one. Uh, that's so interesting, and it makes sense that they would open up a show with this track because right in the way, right right from the get go, it kind of uh, kind of hits you in the face, and that's kind of what you want to do when you open up a show like this. Especially, let's say they are headlining a, a, a tour and they've got about three different openers. Sometimes the crowd gets a little bit uh, restless or maybe, I don't want to say bored, but if they if they are there to see the headliner and that's it, they get a bit, uh, a bit antsy and their attention kind of drifts away. So when, when, when the band that they are ready to see finally goes on, you really want to get their attention back in case you lose them. I think just from the opening progression, of this song, I think they do that pretty magnificently. I, I agree totally. And their very first tour, actually, they were on a triple bill, uh, which is always tough uh, for the opener uh, because you, you have even less time, you have less time to set up. You, you usually don't even get a sound check. But uh -huh. they were opening for Ronnie Montrose, who was definitely at the end of his career at that point, and Journey. Uh, so they were the first band on the bill. And the, imagine uh, showing up. Uh, I'd like the Spectrum in Philly in 1978 to go watch Journey, and all of a sudden uh, you're greeted with on fire, right? And Diamond Dave comes out, hair just flowing in the wind. Eddie's wailing away on the axe, this nice heavy riff, and yeah, it, it's uh, you know by all accounts, Van Halen blew both bands off the stage pretty much every single night, and you can kind of see how. No kidding, and that's that's got to be a tough crowd because you know journey no disrespect to journey but journey is just not the same kind of rock band as van halen is and i have to imagine that uh they probably took a lot of the journey fan uh, i'm sure van halen probably made a lot of fans during that tour just from uh from the journey crowd because journey journey's a great rock band no disrespect at all but uh there's just a little bit more. How do I say this without being too vulgar? There's a. There's just a lot. There's a lot more meat 
to uh to van halen than there is to to journey and and that's not a that's not a diss on their songwriting capability at all but it's just these guys are here to party journey's not really there to party journey's there to make you swoon yeah and this is even kind of before journey like really knocked it out of the park with all their power ballad stuff in the 80s yeah um so yeah, uh, easy to see Van Halen blew him off the stage, and then uh, they went from that to opening t- uh, for Black Sabbath. Uh, right, uh, I think Ozzy had just left and came back, so it was a very dysfunctional time for Sabbath as well. Right. But, but they were they, they really took to the Van Halen boys. Uh, to me, when I hear that opening riff too, I think you know early Van Halen. There, there's this there's this split, right? You got the David Lee Roth who really wants to kind of move things in a poppier direction, mm-hmm. and Eddie who wanted to take things maybe at the time into a heavier direction. Him and Alex, uh, and so this to me uh, feels very much like a an Eddie Alex uh, collaboration as opposed to you know Dave so much because Dave kind of liked I, I think the more melodic poppier stuff. Yeah, that maybe that makes sense as to why this track is the last one because maybe at this point. Maybe Roth just assumed, uh, you know what? Whatever, do what you want because uh, we've already got the hits. Uh, I've already done my part. I'll do, you know, I'll throw some vocals on whatever bullshit you wanna, you wanna do. We'll put this at the end of the record, and then uh, surprise, surprise, like, no, we're gonna open our shows with this. So be ready, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, keep going with it here. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what are your thoughts on, on on the on the verse structure there, heading into the first chorus? First thought is uh, now I remember the song. I remember it specifically because this is the one that makes me think of. Uh, I don't know who really started it, but this track reminds me of what other bands of the era after, especially in the eighties. Eighties, uh, we'll say for lack of a better term, hair metal bands. A lot of them did the whole, uh, the howling in metal. Uh, uh, like Rob Halford did a lot of it in Priest. Um, not so much Bruce Dickinson in uh, Iron Maiden, but a little bit. He did a little bit. Uh, but just that that's really high-pitched howl uh, was something that a lot of bands of that era, uh, metal bands in particular, really started to utilize if they had the, the vocalist to pull that off. And if this uh, this is late 70s, so I have to assume that maybe uh, Roth was one of the first ones to really do it and do it well, uh, at least on record. I don't know what he sounded like doing this live during the tour, but I also have to imagine that he probably scared the shit out of uh, the Journey crowd a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Just like, I mean, for one, just with his appearance alone and probably whatever stage antics he was going about. But uh, but that's really interesting. Yeah, that's that's what made me uh, that uh, the the sort of the howl uh, uh, singing is really what made me uh, remember. I was like, oh, I do know this track. Okay, there it is. And it's very, very metal of its time. And there should be another uh, big uh, Dave Howell uh, coming up in the chorus. Um, I don't doubt it. 
Yeah, in that verse, it, it kind of showcased the the two sides of Dave Lee Roth as a vocalist for me. I thought just the straight singing was kind of off. Uh, I, I'm not a singer by any chance, but just to my ears, it it didn't sound great. But then he gets into that squeak, that screech, and nobody does that, mm-hmm. right? You know, you got like him, you got Steven Tyler. Like there, there's very few Rob yeah. Alford, like you mentioned. Um, there's very few that really can can nail that, and and that's where Dave really shines. So, uh, we're gonna hear it here in the Good God, y'all, I'm on fire chorus. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to, on the on the first show, Mark. You had mentioned that there really isn't much of a chorus. That's exactly running with what the, I was about to talk about. That's exactly it. Less is more. And yeah, once again, here we go. Dave utilizing that. Uh, I don't have any lyrics for this, so we'll just uh, <laughs> we're gonna call the song "On Fire." Okay, I'm on fire. Here you go. We'll just we'll sing it a bunch of times. We'll make it work. But we're noticing a real trend on Van Halen One. That, that's two <laughs> songs that were uh, yeah. Just we're we're just gonna sing the title over and over and over again. I mean, if. You're you're really uh, having to depend a lot on uh, the the music and like sort of the uh, uh, the chord progression, the maybe even the melody of of, uh, of the riff to carry you if you're going to just give not a lot to the chorus. But but I mean, it's honestly it's doing its job because you want the chorus to uh, stand out. The chorus is there for everyone to i bet you know basically sing in unison it's that's the part that's catchy that's the part you want uh everyone to know to sing with you and if you keep it simple by just saying i'm on fire then there it is you you, you nailed it you you got everyone singing with you there you go And now, and now he taps into the uh, the merciful fate sort of King Diamond esque uh, uh, howling of just the <laughs> uh, to all those who who are familiar with merciful fate and King Diamond. Uh, the the that man made uh, the falsetto howl uh, somewhat legendary. <laughs> All right. And I think we're going to, there's not a lot of substance here for a while. So uh, I think we're getting into a solo here pretty quick. So I want to stop. I wanted to get your your take on, on the uh, on the uh, guitar solo because we talked about running with the devil, mm-hmm. the very first track on this album, having a very kind of subdued uh, solo that that works with the song. Here's another one where Eddie's just kind of opening up a little bit more, right? Uh, noodling a bit more, playing a few more notes in there. Yeah, he's. Uh, it it still I think serves the song, but he's he's letting himself kind of uh, free it up a bit. He's just saying like, well, this is our. Uh, heavy riffage song it's the last song of the track we're gonna just we're gonna rip we're gonna just you know let loose uh i haven't heard alex let loose uh that much yet but uh i don't know maybe it may- 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's on its way. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like, Eddie, this, this is a prime chance, prime opportunity for him to just do his thing. And, uh, and he does it. And he still doesn't, this isn't even, t- to me, uh, uh, Eddie really just letting loose. Honestly, it's it's not really it's it's an eruption when I think we get a the full scale of of him just cutting loose and uh, uh, showing us exactly what he can do. But I'll tell you who's who's really having a good time with this is Roth because um, somebody said, well, if you don't have lyrics, just uh, just do that that hollering and screaming that you like to do a lot and just uh, try to go as high as you can. Um, I don't know if someone actually told him to do that, but it, it seems like it seems like he's having a contest with himself of like how high he can he can scream a note. Um, and I'll be honest, there's you can hear if you listen to him, uh, you can hear a lot of vocal doubling. I don't know if that's him doing the doubling or if that's Michael, because a lot of those notes sound a little bit too precise for Roth. So I would not be shocked if Michael is uh, doing those vocals with him, keeping him, you know, on level. What do you think? Well, I'm, I'm just looking at kind of the background of the song, and they talk about uh, the band recorded uh, with almost zero overdubbing, but the vocals were overdubbed mm-hmm. uh, to, to try and give it that that kind of live feeling. And, and you're right, uh, Michael Anthony, the unsung hero of Van Halen, especially vocally, um, uh, it sounded like him, didn't it? Because, yeah, it's, it's much more precise. Uh, and I, I just found it interesting because we were listening to all the screeches and running with the devil, and there was like a hundred of them. I, I lost count. Like he, he was <laughs> so throwing them in all the time. Yeah, but but they they, they weren't this high. You could tell he's. Uh, oh yeah, he's uh, he's. I don't know if if it's just if he's just so high that he can get that. I mean, the le- according to legend, I wasn't there in the room. I couldn't say, but uh, whatever it is he's doing, he's he's doing it in a way that uh, he has yet to utilize quite so. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can definitely hear the overdubbing, and I, Michael's presence is is uh, is noted for sure. Now, just imagine uh, being a kid, Mark, and, and you're you're heading out to a Journey concert, and this is the first track you hear that night, right? All of a sudden, Van Halen comes out. You got Eddie Van Halen just destroying this, right? Just killing, <laughs> you know, Alex banging away on the drums, like you said. Uh, you know, he hasn't really gone crazy yet, but it's still got that big Alex Van Halen type backbeat to it right and and then you got dave screeching his lungs out high kicking to beat hell i'm sure um what what an experience that must have been in 1978 i can't even imagine i mean the the only thing i can think of is had i been a kid going going to see journey 
I have to imagine that watching Van Halen, I just be like, I don't even care about Journey anymore because like this is incredible. Especially this, they open with this song. Like that's a, a live show can make or break a band to me. And uh, a lot of times that that opening track is going to be the mood setter. And if you're opening with something like this, uh, I, I have to imagine that you just you're going to have to. It's sort of a blessing and a curse because right away it's it's the perfect pick me up you need in case the, you're losing the crowd. But it's also uh, now you've set a precedence of energy and now you have the responsibility to keep that up. Otherwise, you lose the crowd. Let me tell you, that's that is no easy feat. It's not, but fortunately, Van Halen one I think had the tracks uh, uh, to do that because there's still a lot of cl a lot of classic songs on that album that uh, that we're going to be getting to. But uh, let's uh, finish up on fire here. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, straight up Michael. That is 100% Michael back there. <laughs> I don't even think Dave, Dave's like, I'm not even going to try this. You do it, Mikey. I'm yeah, like, okay, exactly. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and nailed it. Nailed it for sure. I mean, just, and, uh, uh, just a, just a, a build up, just a crescendo of ahs. And it just, it just works, man. Ah, I, I am loving this every second that passes. Now, uh, lyrically, uh, we, we want to talk about lyrical content here. Uh, lay your bodies down. I'm in your beds, your beds. Throw your headphones on. I'm in your heads. Aha. So not really, uh, uh, you know, very poetic with, with, with the lyrics here. It's a very simple, uh, yeah. not, not really telling a story with this song, right? It's just like, hey, you're listening to me. I'm in your head. Turn me up real loud. Let's do it. I'm on fire. Yeah, that's it's again. I think uh, they were just out of ideas. I think maybe David was just like, I don't know, man. We gotta we, we gotta do one more song where uh, uh, Eddie can just uh, let loose. You guys can just jam and get as heavy as you want. Uh, but we do need lyrics here. Uh, and Dan, Dave is like, okay, well, uh, we'll just, I'm imagining just a kid with headphones laying in his bed just jamming. So sure, I'll sing about that. Yep. Why not? Ten minutes later. They, they have a song, right? <laughs> I mean, five to ten, I would, I would have to imagine something like that, yeah. All right, let's take it home. All right, getting a nice little fade out. Yeah, and then that—that's uh, the last track that ends the album. That's—I mean, wow. I have to go back and and just sort of uh, uh, jam the entire album uh, front to cover because I'll be honest, if I'm listening to that for the first time um, with my headphones on, let's pretend I'm I'm the guy he's talking about. You know, uh, listening to this album when that track's over, I don't want it to end. That is why I feel like Van Halen 1 and 2 are basically one giant album. So it's just like you almost, after that track, you almost have to cut right into Van Halen 2 because how how can you just stop listening after that? 
the, your energy's up, your your adrenaline's pumping. Um, I'd be curious to know how they end that song uh, for a live show. Yeah, yeah, I would be uh, curious as well. I'm sure there's probably live uh, tracks on uh, on Google mm. uh, the, or on uh, YouTube that we can find. Oh, but yeah. uh, you mentioned Segwaying and Van Halen too. Well, that album kicks off with You're No Good, uh, which is kind of an interesting segue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's, um, to me, they just, it just feels like one giant party. Uh, one giant party, uh, the, the mood is somewhat the same, but like a slightly uh, varied. Um, but I think, I think they, they work as just one gi- ginormous, one big album. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I've, I, I found a, a live clip, of course, there's an ad because it's YouTube uh, from 1984. Uh, so I was maybe going to try and uh, bring this in and we'll see if it sounds okay. Oh, change the key. Well, 84, you know, that was what, six years later, so. Oh, yeah, big rock. Okay, big- yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's oh, fair enough. That's how you get your. Uh, <laughs> that's how you get the crowd jumping. That's how you get them excited, and you're like, "All right, now we we got you eating out of the palm of our hands." You know what this track sounds like to me is uh, this feels like a jam that the uh, the main three instrumentalists had, and like maybe something that uh, hey, we need to do a sound check. Uh, what do we do? All right, let's do that heavy jam that we've been you know working on for a little bit just to get our sound quality good. Like cool, cool. They did it, and then somebody, probably a producer, said, actually, you know what? Let's just make that a track. And uh, like Dave, go write some some words to this. Okay. Um, that's what it sounds like to me. I can be dead wrong about that. I'm probably am, but that's kind of what it sounds like. It, it wouldn't be that unheard of to be uh, honestly. Oh no, it happens all the time. And uh, I, I really like that perspective because that very well could have happened. I'm not sure. Um, I, I know they had, uh, uh, some of the tracks they worked on for quite a while, like running with the devil yeah. uh, and, and things like that. I don't think on fire was one of those. I don't think that was one that they came into the studio having already prepared. Uh, I mean, but may have been one uh, they wrote, uh, during the recording sessions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it could have happened quick like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, the, the main riff sounds like something, that maybe Eddie had in his arsenal there for a while, but just didn't know where to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's just kind of like, just let's just jam it. Let's just see what happens. And then uh, throw down it, uh, you know, record it. And then uh, say, okay, yeah, we could put some lyrics on this too. What do you got, Dave? Uh, I'm on fire. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it, it works. You know, whatever the process actually was, it, it, it worked. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mark, I believe it's time to vote. Uh, well, why don't you tell us uh, what you think first? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Is it on fire? It's on fire, but it's it sings much higher than what uh, we just heard right there. But oh yeah, absolutely! Like I'm, I've got like both goosebumps and I'm pumped up to go just rage after listening to that. <laughs> That's an absolute thumbs up for me. All right, and I'm gonna give it a. Yeah. 
So that's two in a row, Mark. I'm going to be keeping count here. How many are unanimous? How many are split? And and how many are were voted up, voted down? So uh, so far, yeah. uh, we're two for two uh, for Van Halen classics here. I was just thinking about that, and I wonder, uh, like, this is not necessarily going to be a show where we're just uh, stroking the egos of this band. But look, Van Halen is considered one of the best rock bands in the world for, like, one of the greatest rock bands ever for a reason. There's not going to be a lot of times where I'm just going to go like, boy, that's just some awful stuff. Now, I'm not saying that won't happen, because it probably guaranteed will at some point. You know, like I said, I haven't heard any of Gary's stuff. So, I mean, I, I might be pleasantly surprised or I might be, yeah, I was right not to listen to this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's not to say all of Sammy and and, and Dave's uh, material are great. Um, we pointed out that the lyrics of On Fire aren't great. It's just like <laughs> there's there's nothing really going on there. It's, it, it sounds like he just sort of scribbled it together to last second. Fine. But also... For what it is, it works to me, at least at least to me. So uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, we're two for two right now, but do not get used to that, people. I guarantee you, it's it's going to deviate very soon. Oh, absolutely. I know there's some stuff on fair warning. I'm not a big fan of. I know there's stuff on for unlawful in uh, OU812 right. that, that, yeah. that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, there's even a couple tracks on 5150. Uh, I think inside, I hate that song. So I mean, the word. We were uh, uh, myself and uh, uh, my uh, my roommates were were talking about uh, unlawful, and we were just <laughs> and they were saying, "Well, I like this song." I go, "That's it." He's like, "Yeah, that's about it." And I'm like, "Oh," <laughs> and and I and it, it occurred to me. I go, "Well, if I really think about it, the last time I jammed that album, yeah, there's only a couple of tracks that I really enjoy, and then the rest I've just kind of like purposely forgotten." So we. Uh, like I said, it might come up real, real soon. And um, I couldn't tell you the last time I did uh, 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 5150. I tell you, there's like five songs on For Unlawful that I really like. I just got it on vinyl. I remember I was so excited because it took me forever to, to find it on vinyl. I even got it on red vinyl and I put Ooh. it on. And, and those five songs that come up, and I'm, yeah. I love these songs. And there's six that are like absolute garbage. And it, <laughs> it's such a dyslexic album for me. There's six I hate and five I love. And, and, and that sums up uh, for unlawful for me. I mean, and you're not the only one, as it turns out. This I've, I've talked to some people while we've decided to uh, make this podcast happen. I've talked to a lot of people, as a matter of fact. Like, how do you feel about uh, Van Halen and what's your favorite album? And a lot of people will say uh, unlawful is the first album that I remember, but not all of it is great. And like, yeah, that's that's what I'm getting. That's the consensus. So it'll be. I'll be really curious to see what the wheel picks for us uh, as a start for that album. Exactly. And uh, I, I like looking at these songs a little more critically too, because like you talked about the lyrics and on fire, they're not good. They're not good. And with no. something like that on a, on a borderline song where the performance maybe isn't as strong is going to sway me to, to giving it a no vote. Right. But right. the band was just for lack of a better term on fire performing that one and uh, uh it was an easy yes for me but uh we're gonna have some instances where, where uh, both dave and sammy have some uh some interesting lyrical choices that i think might uh turn the vote for me on a few songs it's i mean look you you uh you can't get a 10 out of 10 every single time you just you just never it's never gonna happen i know people are probably will there are some people out there that probably think elvis never wrote a bad song and i'm here to tell you you are dead wrong about that but that's you know that's a different podcast but i'm just saying van halen is not without their own stinkers as it is uh 
even you two and rush had songs that were not so good and you know there's even a, a song or two on van halen on that original album that i'm not really fond of i'll probably get a lot of hate mail but you know i'm not a huge fan Ooh. of atomic punk oh see i was gonna <laughs> say like i wonder which one and i was gonna let it sit but wow nope. you, really throwing it out there now maybe i'll change okay, my mind hearing okay. it again but just uh, upon reflection i don't atomic punk and little dreamer uh, don't stand out to me as being classic tracks so i uh one of my favorite van halen tracks i don't know when we'll get to it but when we get to it you you will know that it's probably i mean it, it, it i don't know if it's my favorite favorite I, you know what i'll put this out there it's my favorite of the hagar era okay um but I'll be honest, it's been a long time since I've listened to it, and it's uh, uh, one that I rarely, uh, well, I've never, I've never analyzed it. So I would be curious to know how you feel about it when we get to it, and how I feel about it once we break it down the way we're doing. All right, I can't wait to get there. This is we're yeah. we're two in out of what 117 or 116 <laughs> now, I guess. So we, we got a ways to go. We do. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the journey so far. Uh, two for two and a uh, couple of good shows too, I think, Mark. I think so. Yeah, this is just, it's it's so cool how uh, easily and kind of like go with the flow this, uh, this, un this format is for us. And I think it's just because it was a no, no brainer. This, this podcast doing this whole, uh, uh, the way we're doing it. Um, breaking down some songs about a band that we just genuinely love and they have a lot of material to go through. And, you know, it's, it'll be really interesting. Like I said, when we get to songs that maybe we don't love yeah. and how we feel breaking it down, what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, no, this is, I think this was a, a solid second episode. Awesome. Well, Mark, why don't you tell them where, uh, where they can find us online and all that good stuff. Well, you can find me online at Twitter and Instagram uh, at Mark the Bat. See me and all my uh, random postings, uh, all my music stuff that I've got coming down uh, the way it is on the way, I promise you. Uh, and that's basically where you can find me. Corey, where can they find you? Uh, I am on uh, Twitter uh, at CD Morset. And of course, you can uh, find uh, uh, our show uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, Podcast Will Rock at Podcast Will Rock. Uh, you know, uh, we'll be uh, looking for guests. We're going to have a bunch of uh, surprises coming up, hopefully. But uh, I, I like the way we, we've kind of kicked things off here uh, with the first two episodes. So we'll, hopefully you'll stick with us and tell your friends and uh, head on this journey with us, uh, rediscovering the iconic catalog of the mighty Van Halen. Absolutely. And uh, if you're listening to this, uh, probably just on Anchor, Fret Not, we're, we're working on it. We will get uh, it dispersed uh, throughout all of the podcasting areas. You, you will get it wherever you get your podcast. But until then, on behalf of Corey and myself, this is And the Podcast Will Rock, and we will rock you later. <laughs>